Hello and welcome to the Free Football Podcast, the podcast where three friends who had a dream professional footballers dashed away children, playing one of them as a wheelchair and the other to discover food, have their say on the Premier League. Ladies and gentlemen, the Premier League is back with a bang, I would say, but bloody hell. It's a, it's a very naff bang for Arsenal and West Ham fans, but it is what it is. Uh, we are joined by the ever present. Coach Kojo, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy to be back to reg- uh, regular scheduled programming. Um, but, you know, football's come back and some things never change for all of our clubs. So, there you go. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to be back. So, yeah, let's go. Let's go. We are also joined by Jordan Bryant from Channel 4, Football Fans Podcast. How you doing, sir? Very good, my friend. How are you, how are you doing? Been a long time. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Corona things, man. Right? <laughs> everything that's going on, we keep on forgetting that we're during, we're still going on during a global pandemic. It's indeed, nuts, man. Indeed. There's a lot of things going on in the world. For real. Yeah. And also, we are joined by Dan Lula. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Good to finally come on the podcast. Obviously, I've done some stuff with with Kojo before, uh, and that's what he says on that. So, good to finally come on this podcast. So I'm looking forward to it. Getting some frustrations out. I know Jordan will as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I love this song. This is beautiful. <laughs> Jordan's always my brother in misery. Every time we together. But <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, no. normally with me and Dan. Normally one week West Ham have been good, we've been crap all the other way around, but now we're just both crap. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Alright, so I guess I guess the question is which crap crap should we start with? Um, uh, Arsenal or West Ham? You know what I'm gonna do for you guys? I'm gonna do it dip do. Okay, this should be fun. Here we go. I feel like Arsenal is a bigger even a bigger subject. It's a bigger mess to unpack. We're a mess. But Arsenal's like just a bigger mess to unpack. There's so many layers to that, to, to <laughs> what's going on there. But yeah, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I just did Ip Dip Do and I think Arsenal just won. So, you know, let's... Uh... <laughs> let's go there. So, where are we starting? Are we starting at the Etihad or are we starting at Brighton? Where should we go first, eh? Which, which, which shit show should yeah. we start with, yeah? Mm. Um, I mean, I'd say Man City, that was kind of... I wouldn't say it was expected, the way we lost, but the result, I, I think we, we knew we were going to lose that game. Okay. But Brighton, bloody hell. So what was so that's Brighton's first victory in 2020. Yep. And uh, what, their first, then they'd, and they'd also done a double over us. Yep. What, what's going on? What's, what's happening? I mean, Jordan, this is your club, so I, I, I prefer Wait, you to go me. first. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Take it away. Oh, oh man. Um, so I'm, I'm on the brink I'm of, 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 of uh, dropping Arsenal. I, I, I won't lie. And I know that a lot of football fans say, oh, you can't, you know, your football club's like your child, like your wife. You can't know. Actually, I can leave my club. I can. Um, it's not like my, my child, I haven't got any children, but it's not like my wife at all. Um, Arsenal gets to the point now where they're making it very difficult for me to um, credibly support them and follow them because they are deliberately, and I believe they've been deliberately uh, <laughs> self-sabotaging themselves, and I won't be a part of it. There's two things with Arsenal. The first thing is Arsenal got to the point now where they don't know how to lose a game without it being a story. So what I mean by that is, Arsenal losing yeah. a 3-0 way to Manchester City 
that's that on, the, on a normal day would be like half the back page, maybe a quarter. Because okay, three nils not a great loss, cool. But they've got to find a way to make it a, a, a week's worth of laughing stock. So David Louise on that example is the reason. Arsenal can't just lose to Brighton two one, which okay on the face of it isn't particularly great, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But yet it's the way they lose it. Arsenal don't know now how to lose a game and it just be a loss. There's always a circus. There's always a drama around an Arsenal defeat now. The PR around Arsenal is so bad that there's there's always... there's, there's It's not just a loss. The second thing with Arsenal, and a lot of Arsenal fans will hate me for saying this, but it's the truth. We're not a big club anymore. Arsenal Football Club are not a big club anymore. We've got one of the biggest fan bases globally. Fact. We've got a great history. Fact. But big clubs contest for the big trophies. Arsenal are not even contesting, let alone winning the big trophies anymore. Big clubs attract the best players. We don't do that anymore. Big clubs keep their best players. We don't do that anymore. Big clubs don't get excited about a three-game winning run. What the hell is that? Arsenal win three games in a row, and that's a run. No! big For big clubs, a 10-game winning run is a run. Big clubs don't get excited about five to five games, no defeats. What the hell is that? That is not the standard of a big club. And I think once Arsenal fans learn and accept that we're no longer a big club, they can then realign themselves with expectations that actually you say, Cahill, you were, you know, losing to Brighton shouldn't have happened. Well, I say, why? Without Aubameyang, Arsenal are Southampton. We are Southampton. We are West Ham. We are, we are, we are, uh, who's mid-table? I said Everton. You guys remind me of Everton. Like, once was up there, now... Everton, there you go. Arsenal are a mid-table club. So when fans say to me, and I see people going crazy about losing to Brighton, I'm like, why are you shocked? Was that, Cahill, was that a shock? Was was it Our last five games against Brighton, and I'll shut up in a second. Our last five games against... I think we've beaten them once. Go and look at our last five games against Crystal Palace. I think we've beaten them once. Go and look at our last five games against Southampton. I think we've beaten them twice. So this isn't just a one-off. A small club has beaten Arsenal. It's not a shock. It's not a shock. And the fact that Arsenal fans think they can go to Brighton and bat them up and win shows that we think we're a big club. We are one level above Brighton. One level. And I think once you understand that, you understand that we're not a big club. And my final point is that what's going to happen from here on in is the discussion for me isn't about Louise or Shaka or Mustafi. Because we can have that discussion. It's tired. We've got shit players. We know that. Sorry, I I cursed there. Sorry. We've got bad players. We know that. That's, that discussion dead. The discussion now needs to be as a fan base, what are we going to do to force the board into action? Because otherwise we're going to be here again next week and the week after and it'll be Shaka's turn or Lacazette's turn. Or it'll be, I'm bored of that discussion. The discussion now needs to be what are Arsenal as a fan base going to do to mobilise the club to action? Because otherwise this is going to be the same discussion we're going to have week in, week out and it's boring. I think the only way to affect the board is to obviously affect their pockets. But not go to games. I'm sorry? 
to games. That's all it's going to be now. Don't go to games. But there's all, there, yes, you can you can argue that. But I'd say there's always going to be even if you have if you if you wouldn't pay a person to buy the ticket, there's, there's going to be a backlog of people that are willing to buy that ticket. So I don't know. I don't know. How, but, I, how, but, but, but I don't buy that argument fully because while it, while you're right, Cahill, then you're complicit in the madness. If you're not going to give up your season ticket because someone else is going to buy it, you're going to spend two grand a season to see the same film. This is the, this is season seven of this program. We're in season seven. Season, sorry, season seven. So you can say I will give my ticket. Someone else is going to buy it, but then you're the idiot for still going there. Jordan, if you give up your ticket, say you give up your ticket and it yeah. has an effect, some of those buyers, all these people stop renewing and then it has this effect, they do exactly what you want, then Arsenal are up there again, all of you lot ain't got no season tickets, so if Arsenal are up there challenging for titles, you lot don't get to go and see it because someone else picked up your season ticket. But but Dan, that's a scenario, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's what you're willing to what, yeah. not, not even that, but that's a scenario that is 50 years from now. Wow. Winning, winning titles, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? What is that? Is that, is that close? Yeah, no. I think that we, we are we are nowhere near close to even challenging for some I think we are going to get to Secured. 
I remember it vividly when it was a week before he arrived and it was it was talks happening. We need Mustafi. He's a World Cup winner. He will fix yeah. our defence. Where are we yeah. now? So this this, this <laughs> David Luiz. We've taken Chelsea's best defender. That was the narrative. <laughs> that was the narrative. He's going to help it, us Dan, get allow up. It, it. Allow it, Dan. Allow it, Dan. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. I just think an answer to Cahill's question in terms of what we can do. All the fan base can do is lobby and stop going to games because until the fan base stops going to games, nothing is going to change. We've gone from unbeatable to winning trophies to competing for trophies to finishing top five, top four to scraping top six to now we are a certified top ten club. And I can't see it changing next season because we'll have less money to spend. Aubameyang's going to go. Leno's out. Wolves are on Tings. Sheffield United are on Tings. Newcastle are getting the money. on Tings. Anyway, let me laugh it now. Let me laugh. You know what? Can I, I just ask this? If you were... I hear you laughing, Mike, as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's funny. <laughs> if you were... Okay, if you were... Um, if you are Teto right now, obviously, you've just come into the job pretty much. It's your first role uh, and things are going even worse than you've, you would hope it would... It wouldn't be. What would your thinking be going into the summer? Because now you're linked with players like Joe Hart, for example. Rumours going around that Luis is about to sign another extension. So if you were the manager, would you, you know... Big man, you're still on that rumour. Don't, don't try it. You don't need to that. You're trying it. I, we all saw it. We've Joe seen Hart. it. We've seen it. Right? If if uh, if you were Arteta, would you, would you already be considering, you know, walking away? Or like, what, what do you think he should be doing right now? Because... He's very limited in what he can do. Is that for me? Yeah, for any of you, uh, really. I'll briefly kick off. Um, I think, I mean, Joe Hodge, if Joe Hodge still gets done, I'm, I, I am done then, I'm finished. <laughs> um, we had Joe Hart and he was one of the worst keepers we'd ever say. He was awful. He was so bad at West Ham and I think he was bad again at Burnley. So yeah. if you guys sign him, it would just be a like, vast extremity, I think, what's needed to actually force the boards to... No, no, I, I, it, it, it's, it's not going to happen. But that, I can't give any other answer as to how to mobilise a club. This is not a team thing. This is a club thing now. The club is rotten. And I think to get the club to, to actually make change, the fan base now have to kind of... They have to vote with their feet. But I agree, it won't happen. Yeah. I just... Yeah, I, I, I don't see anything positive coming out of Arsenal for the next few years. I, I think... Part of me agrees with you. Part of me kind of kind of wants to deny it that if once Bamian leaves, it's going to be a nightmare for our club. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be. I feel like we need to now just. He's got. I think the season's a write off. So what he needs to do now, in terms of the team selection, is set up what he set up the team the way he's going to go forward. So with next year, I'm thinking start the kids. Stop. I don't understand why Martinelli's not playing. Um, play Saka, but even he's on like one year he's got one year of his contract left so Liverpool yeah, yeah. there's um, just look for Saliba's hope try and set up that defence for Saliba like that includes buying somebody for him because we can't keep Mustafa we can't keep Rob Holding we can't keep Cal- I think Chambers is still there like bloody hell man it's just it's just a mess it's just a, a rotten mess and I I don't see it improving 
And, and the, the the thing is, there's uh, so many players there, like bang average players, poor players on a big money, they're going to have a hard time shifting. So that's mm. going to be a problem. And the thing is, I've, I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans say, we need to just, Kroenke needs to spend 200 million, he needs to give money, he needs to spend, we need to get Kroenke to spend. And I don't think that's necessarily like going to be the solution. Because I don't think it's a case of Kroenke hasn't spent. There's been, of course, windows where he hasn't. But like, obviously, look, you dropped £72 million on Pepe, yeah, which I think was just a massively overpriced player. Like, You've paid way too much money for him. And that's the problem. It's, it's about how you spend it. The same problem with West Ham. It's the, the infrastructure behind it. Um, you know, you sort of hinted, mentioned it a little bit earlier, but it's like the behind the scenes. It doesn't matter. Like, you've had the Dortmund guy. You had, um, who was it before who we went to Juventus who was doing it? Um, Oh, oh, uh, David Dean, not David Dean, um, Gazidis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now you've got Sanelli, and it's it's the same, but nothing's changed. Like you're still buying these these players on big money that 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 show promise, but when they end up being bang average, and you, that's what's created this mess. And now, like when you do get a talented player, like you had Sanchez, now it's a Bamiang. They they the rest of the team can't match their ambition this guy needs to be playing Champions League football and the same contract situation is happening this whole one year like that's they said they were not going to do that anymore they said they were not going to let players get down to one year left in their contracts and what's happened you've got Saka and you've got Aubameyang like Lacazette. it's I, I, and, and yeah Lacazette and Ozil who which they want to let his contract run out but they're not going to sell him I guarantee like obviously you mentioned Jordan about let, um, buying him out of his contract which will be what that would be like 350 grand a week, 3.5 million, 10 weeks. I mean, you're talking about like 30 odd million or something like that. They're going to have to pay. So that's that's dipping in your transfer budget. Then the goalkeeper situation, that's a mess. You're going to either have to loan or buy a goalkeeper, but you're not going to be able to replace Leno. And then Abamyang, even if you get 50 million for him, you can't just go in and buy another Abamyang. Like, no. you, it's the hardest position to place it. And someone who was top, top goal scorer, joint top goal scorer, that is almost impossible to replace. So, either way, it's going to be hard to even keep where you are now next season. It's it's going to be a long term project. It's hard with Arteta because he hasn't got the he hasn't he's inexperienced, and this is a very very hard job for him. This is a tough job. And really, think, you might be better off going to Big Sam. Golf. I'm just going to I almost swore there. You were doing so well, Dan. <laughs> I, think, I think I think also being out of Europe next season could be a blessing because you know Arteta is it's his first job and I think mm-hmm. just having a team where he could just play one game a week one game a week I think will be good for him mm-hmm. the, 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 we've got players as well young players that won't be used to being stretched to playing two even three times a week if you're in Europe so not being in Europe could be could be a small blessing because it a, lot, a lot of you lot say about Chelsea though like Chelsea you know wasn't in Europe that one season and that helped them but I think Chelsea that year were such a different in a different position they were they yeah. were they, they were. had like a one season blip which they do they sort of go on win the league then they dip for a bit then they go up that's yeah, Chelsea yeah. they're always yeah. up and down but the only thing about that is being out of Europe is is again attracting certain calibers of players mm. so you're going to have to keep trying to find these gems which you ain't really been able to find since Wenger. 
Um, or, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, Martinelli, who was a one, but it's hard to find. Like, if you can just get enough chip, because that whole defence needs gutting, like, completely. Yeah. You need to replace the whole defence. You need to strike, and you're going to need to find these gems. If you can't attract these top calibre players like you guys are looking at, I can't remember who that, that big player from the French league, you know, what? Up in Carno. Yeah, I think that everything was that. There's a few like, top names. You're thinking, like, if you ain't got even at least Europa, it's not going to happen. Yeah, we've got to forget, they're kind of players we've got to forget about them. But I think it's just about next year, Arteta having a squad that almost, you can't say it, but forgets about top six. Try, try and get sixth place. But it's more important about getting a type of player in that starts to change the culture of the club. Mm. So not having can't swear the, the 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 p word of you know little cats um too many of those too many of those okay kind of pussies in, in your team and just having different types of players that maybe aren't the best technically maybe aren't the best skillful players but players that actually can defend and focus david louise i said to my friend last week actually is arsenal's worst center back but no no he's, he's i'll tell you why he's our worst center back because it's unpredictable Mustafi is crap, but you know what you get with Mustafi. You can kind of you can you can plan around how bad he is. Whereas yeah. the one quality I don't want in my centre back is unpredictability. I don't want that. And David Luiz is unpredictable. So you need to get rid of all that. I agree with Dan. I would sell all of our centre uh, our defenders, all of them. All, literally, all eight of them can go. What even Tierney? No, Tierney said. See Tierney, I would keep Tierney, but. He's, he's, he's going to be one of them injury prone. Yeah. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, he might stay by default, but I've not seen enough from him to say like, no, he definitely has got to stay. Yeah. I, I don't think get our money back. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really want to ask you two a question though, as Arsenal fans. I know it's not my show now, but I want to ask you guys a question. Go ahead. Arteta, right? What is, what's the, the minimum requirement for him? Like what, what is the point that if he falls below this, um, you know, measurement, we want him out. Like what? This, so what this season? season? No, like even next. So next season. Let's go next season. Like, what is it for you that if he doesn't achieve X, he's sacked? Like whether it's getting to Europa, getting Champions League. Like what for you will be like the point where you turn and go? Do you know what? He's not the guy. So for me, anything. I mean, it's difficult to say because next year we don't know what squad we're going to have. If we say have it, this exact same squad next season, anything below eighth. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, even if without the, the squad, I feel like if because we have we we do have a talented core of youth youth players. Which I think any yeah, even if we get rid of all the deadwood eighth and and play with youth, anything below eighth, you have to go because you can't. It's impossible to go anywhere below eighth. I know we're not a big club anymore, but still, anything below eighth with Arsenal is an embarrassment. See, maybe if you guys had that big name manager, you could still attract a certain calibre of player who wants to play for that manager. You know I mean, Aubameyang was a big, big, big cat. We, I mean, nobody was after him, but well, in yeah. terms of Wenger, Wenger, was it Wenger under him? Yeah, was it Wenger would. Yeah. Wenger it was um, the guy from from Dortmund. Uh, that was that was. The oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was a big, big, uh, big, big, uh, big name as well at the time. Because he, he was the highest goal scorer in all of the leagues. He I turned mean, West Ham cool. down because he wanted Champions League football. There's some <laughs> irony. There's some irony. He ain't played a single day of Champions League football since he signed. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah.
the fight back from yeah. your, your players in terms of going to win the game, the passion that came out was different Very. to the passion I saw on the pitch against Brighton. Your player gets injured and it was more petty violence and then at the end of the game, grabbing his neck and trying to fight him. Um, well, when Dizzy grabs his neck and walks away because you see Big Daddy Kolasinac coming through to do his business for him. Um, but yeah, what 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 is your what is how do you look at? But, you, you, but, but you've nailed it, Gwendozi, who actually I've defended quite a lot um, this season because I think I think he's a player in there. But I think I'm done with him as well because what you saw in that post match um, or post game uh, his actions, th- those those are the behaviours of a pussy. He's a grade A pussy. He can give it the big talk and the big man act when the game's done. Where was that during the game? And I think mm-hmm. he, he's one of those players, Arsenal players, has been he's had his chest pumped up by the Arsenal fan base to the point where he thinks he's entitled to conduct himself like he's his big team. When those hasn't done anything. He's done nothing at Arsenal. And I think that he's an example of players in the league. Like, your team's ninth in the league. Humble yourself, bruv. Yeah. And even one of those players I was talking about, when I talk about players that I think believe that Arsenal are lucky to have him. He's like, I'm Mm. at Arsenal. You're lucky to have... No, 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 bruv. You're you're a you. You ain't done nothing. Yeah? Get your head down. Play some good football. Win some games. And then maybe chuck it. But don't don't be playing shit. And then you get batted up by more pay, and then when the game's gone, <laughs> you think that you could no nah, allow it. That, that's that's for me the movers of a pussy, proper pussy. It, it was being said that he was going around to like saying to the Brighton players that like, we're on all, all of us are on more money than all of you yeah. Brighton players. We are more money. We're better than you. We're ass. We're bigger. But all of this boasting, and you're like, this is the problem. Just like focus, focus on the game. Like, I honestly, I think the last time I came on your podcast, Jordan, I might have said this that. I feel that he is one of the most overrated players at Arsenal. Um, and look, yeah. but because he's young, we a lot of people overrate our young players, right? It happens at lots of clubs. You get excited because they show a bit of promise and you think in the context of their age. But I've never seen the player, except for Anderson, who we might talk about later, lose a ball so much. Like, he, the amount of times I see him lose the ball, it's mad. And you just think, like, when is he? He doesn't seem to learn from that. Mm. And then to go and carry him like he did, like... I just thought, yeah, I just thought it's he's a very unlikable football player to, to me. He's up there with Jack really. It's not just about losing the ball as well. It's like you can, you can, I can predict everything he's going to do in that game, and it's pretty much I'm going to run left, run, run sideways, fall over, throw in the foul. That's all he does. He doesn't try to look for a ball. He doesn't try to break, break, uh, break, break through the lines. He just falls over all the time, and I, I'm sick of it now because I was the thing. I thought he was going to be. One of these world club players that we could eventually go and either build off of or build build with or sell off and get like the big big uh, big bucks, but no. The, 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 the issue with the issue as well is another it's another Jack Wilshere scenario whereby I I think I I do think he has got talent. I think there's a player in there, but I think what's happened is he's been promoted to our main midfielder at a young age, and his development has not kicked in. You want to be bringing in Guendouzi for 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, alongside a Vieira, alongside a Roy Keane, alongside a Mark Noble, where the talent can be can be uh, developed over the course of a year, two years, three years. Yeah, even Mark Noble, two or three or so, or so years. Um, even Mark but, Noble. But, but, what's happened, what's, but what's happened is he's been elevated to be the person that is our midfield general. It's like, bro. I'm not even. I've only been here a couple of years. I need. I'm still learning the game. Yet I'm having to run the most hardest part of the of the pitch, central midfield. Mm, so yeah. the development's tailed off now because 
he's now been expected to be the guy. Alone yeah. that like a club like Charlton or something like that would have done him wonders, like for for not just for his game but for his mentality and, and a club down there, rather than being like, yeah, I'm the main man at Arsenal and. You know, look at all, look at look at all the all the fans that were getting at the stadium. This and if he would have had a, even league uh, league one or the championship, then I think that would have done him wonders. But he just, obviously, he, like, just, he just needs some men in that Arsenal team around him, mm-hmm. so that he's not the main guy. He's the main guy, and that's not fair on him. But if he had, if you put him in the, oh god, if you put him in that Liverpool team, he's got Henderson and Wijnaldum next to him, so he's not the main guy. He can dip in, dip out. He can develop. But at Arsenal, he's got bloody Xhaka next to him. Yeah. He's got and Aubameyang is your captain. What do you guys think about that? Because it just seems like like he just, he is a great player, but it's not necessarily you put the bomb bad on your best player. You exactly. want the one who's the best leader, and he doesn't seem like the best Dan, leader. You see him Dan, we throwing don't have, we, don't, we don't have any leaders. So for mm-hmm. me, the whole captain thing at Arsenal is a, is a moot point because if not Aubameyang, who? Yeah, Bellerin, do you know what I mean? So it's a bit like whoever. Yeah, yeah. Bellerin is maybe someone who comes the closest, even though he's not, you know, on his game. Or mm-hmm. Leno, but keepers as captains is. Yeah, I've never found a keeper as a captain. Yeah, yeah. How long has that been, Michael? Um, <laughs> a wonderful, beautiful thirty-two minutes, just about to approach thirty-three. And uh, uh, that was. <laughs> That was that was that was a beautiful story, man. I love the mention of seasons, like it's like a Game of Thrones TV opera. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Uh, right, um, but yeah. So now you guys are, I think you're tenth, right, in the league. Um, the tenth or ninth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't try. You're tenth, bro. I'm sure you're tenth. <laughs> definitely tenth. Definitely tenth. Um, all right. So Arsenal are tenth right now. Um, what do, you, what do you think they can finish at the end of the season? Do you, do you think they can still reach a European spot or you think it's done? Game over. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Arsenal. So I've been in West Ham. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, okay. We're not them. I wish we were them. Sorry, I'm dreaming about the lofty heights. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, sorry. It's a quick answer than Arsenal. I think it's a wrap. I think it's the, it's the, it's the right off. Okay. Jordan? Uh, Europe. Yeah, that can you still sneak maybe a six at the very least? You think or? Oh no 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 no! Yeah, that's 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 long done. I mean, I was I thought top six was done months ago before the lockdown. Now, I mean, Fair you know, enough. For, 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 for me, it's coming Arsenal stay in the top half of the table. It's it's yeah. seventh. No, not to get you can if you get finished seventh, you can get into that Europa League qualifier though, right? Where you've I, got. A... I think now it might do because Man City and their situation means I think. Each one place down now gets yes, I don't know, yes. sort of thing. So I think we we finished seventh in that final season at Upton Park, and we had to do that thing where we had to play much earlier and then go through this weird qualifier for the Europa League. I think I think that's because play. one of the teams in the top four won the domestic trophies. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I think seventh this year may get it, but I don't think I think for Arsenal is the top half. We've got Tottenham, Wolves, Liverpool, Ooh. and. Sheffield United still to play. Like, where's the wind coming from? Just get, just don't finish bottom half of the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, should we go West Ham now? Yeah. I, was, I forgot. I was like so good forgetting about West Ham. Talking about Arsenal. Nice. All right. So Dan, uh, yeah, you, got, you guys lost at home again. Um, Two uh-huh. 0 uh, Wolves, which is obviously a tough game. So, yeah, um, first of all, your thoughts on the game before we go into more West Ham stuff. Your thoughts on the game? <laughs> well, I mean, 
into the game look like a lot of people would say it's Wolves like it's a tough game they're like at the moment one of the best teams form wise but it's like the way we lost that's the thing for me like no fight at all no like for a team that's struggling in the you know in the relegation that's when you expect to be coming out fighting and we didn't really go for it like Moyes set up defensively I know you're your 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 main man Moyes Kojo, I know you bro, I know you love him. Please please and, don't refer to me as my main man, please. I don't I don't please. <laughs> your guy, your guy Moyes. And he <laughs> yeah he, he just he just set up defensively from the start. So like they weren't really creating any chances. We weren't really creating chance any chances. We had Anderson who just does not know how to keep the ball. Yeah. Um we had we all knew Traore was coming on the pitch. This is what really annoys me, right? Every fan knew, oh, Traore's on the bench. Cool, they're going to bring him on later on just to come and just, like, completely run out our players when our players ragged and, and, and deep bits. And you think, like, for me, your mind should say, right, we need to try and get a couple of goals before Traore comes on. You know what I mean? Let's try and let's try and get that in. Rather than let's hold, 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 and maybe, oh, but then Traore's going to come. We don't know how to deal with this, but if you've got a game plan for Traore, or you need to set up so you get the goals before Traore comes on. So that's the problem with, with Moyes for me. No game management. Very, very poor. So, yeah, it gave me... I was very worried after seeing how we did in that game. We've got injuries to Haller, who looked like one of our best-formed players in the sort of mini preseason. Um, so we're like... This is what I'm saying. When I see Arsenal, I think they're like the most West Ham team I've ever seen. Because they just... They get the injuries, the the owners, the way they are. They break the that record you don't want to break. I see too many parallels, and that's the thing. We get the injuries. O'Connor, one of our best defenders this season, was out injured. So I don't know really know how to take it too much. But yeah, it wasn't good. Can I ask a question um, about Haller? I I really like Haller, but you see him obviously a lot more than than, than we do, Dan. Is he not quite as good as I think he is, or is he been a victim of the tactics? you know the tactics around him haven't played to his strengths yeah definitely the latter like the tactics really and this is what baffles me is like you see this guy who was banging in goals for fun at Frankfurt yeah as as, as part of a strike partnership and you think well, yeah this guy's good this guy's good let's bring him to West Ham and play him as a, as a lone striker like where's the logic behind that yeah. like you need to bring if he's if you want to play a, one up top don't just sign him because you can get him because he's banging in goals as a strike partnership. If he's not be able to do that, then what's the point in signing him? And that's the problem. Like when we've seen him play with a strike partnership, he looks so much better. Like him and Antonio up for, up top together. Antonio does all of that work. Mm. You know, he, he, he he's quick, he's strong, and he can you know hold the ball up and, and and get the ball where it needs to be. And Alaire has just got such a good eye for goal. He scores them overhead kicks and. Like mm. and it frustrates me so much. It's like you know, and then we did the same with um, Hernandez. Hernandez, right? Mm. The amount of times I saw this guy played as like a target man. He mm. played one of these um, Carabao Cup games. Long balls to bloody Hernandez up front, as if he's Andy Carroll. <laughs> like, and this is a poacher. This guy is called. He's just a poacher. Like tapping, and you're playing long balls. So that's that's our problem. Is we don't bring in these players that fit a single system it's just all of these random players and 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 they don't they don't gel so yeah i I do rate him highly and i think if we have a season where he's played in the strike partnership i think he'll be banging in goals for fun do you you think the lockdown will help you keep rice because i mean teams are going to struggle now to spend 60 70 80 million on on a on a do you know what i mean on defensive middle do you think that you still are vulnerable to losing him in the summer you know 
I think we've got some. It depends, obviously, if we stay up. If we go down, I think we'll lose him. But yeah. again, I think it, part of it's going to depend on the club and, and if where he sees the club going. But I think he doesn't even need to leave right now. Like he's still young. Like he's got his whole. He could he could do with another couple of seasons here. Like you can tell we're we're obviously going to put the captain's armband on him at some point. He captains the side when Noble uh, was wasn't playing. He's you know a leader at the club. He loves the club. Like, obviously, look, he's destined for bigger things, but I don't think he needs to move on now because if he was to go to, say, a Man City or a Liverpool or even try and go Man United, Man United splash out on him or Chelsea, that could derail his whole career. We've seen it so many times. These young players move too soon. And it derails his career. Why he's a regular starter, he's playing football, he's playing really good football, he's in the England team, he's getting responsibility, he could be captain, why not stay? So... But if we go down, then yeah, I think it might be a wrap. If he stays, I'll rate him so highly. If he stays, we'll I, go down. I don't, I don't think. I think the best place for a Declan Rice, I, I think that's more wishful thinking on West Ham fans for think, trying to trying to just trying to hook him to stay at West Ham. I think the best place for him would probably be a Man United because a midfield three of Declan Rice, uh, Paul Pogba, if he was to stay, and Bruno Fernandes. I feel like that doesn't Man United are where promising players go to die. Hey, 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 what's that? I mean, it's fact here, but am I the only person that doesn't see the hype around Declan Rice? No, I I personally, I'm on a fence with Declan Rice. I like him. I think think he's a good player. I don't see the hype. I don't see. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you, Declan Rice or Gwendozi? Uh oh. Oh, no, no, come on now. But but, 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 you know what? The fact that you've compared him to Gwendozi. It's not because <laughs> Arsenal fans were doing it. Like, Arsenal fans, oh, yeah, like, but, we're early yeah, on, we're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, yeah. Guendouzi and Declan... For me, Declan Rice is a good player. We're talking about 60, 70 million pound move to Chelsea and United. I'm like, eh? Mm. I, that's the English premium, how many, though, isn't it? How many, guys, how many players, how many young players are out there, yeah, do you know, mm. can you put in centre to mid, defensive midfield and do a solid job? And also, if you need, put in centre-back and do a, a, a great job at centre-back. Like, he's got that versatility to be able to play mm. these two points, these but two positions, but, and you know he's going to get better. But that's the thing. You use the word great. I don't think he's great in either position. Yeah, but are you just are you rating him like this? Is the thing I think a lot of people obviously see him in England, and then go off. Okay, like if he makes this is the thing when he make, makes the mistake in England, it's like everyone focuses on that one mistake. No, like, no, no, no. That's mistake. No, no. For best for over a year, I've, I've watched him because the hype from him was early. So I thought, let me just see this guy. So I watched him for a few months. And I just thought, I'm I must be missing something because I'm seeing a good player, but the the hype that he's the next one, I'm just a bit like. Uh, he, he looks good and he probably will get better but when I start seeing 60, 70 million pound price tags I'm like I, I, I feel like that. it's the way he plays like he's not a highlight real player like you're not going to make no, 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 some... no, no. I, 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 get, I, get, I get his role and I get the importance of that CDM role yeah. and, and, and he, I think he's good at that role but 25 mil like, 80 mil he... tops Really? Harry Maguire went for no, 18 No, no, hey, 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 we're not doing this, we're not doing this now, not yet, please. Hey, 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 hey. Dan, I'm with you. Harry Maguire for me was a 30 million this, this, this is not May United's time, this is West Ham's time, okay? Gosh. But it's like, this is the thing, like, the market has changed. Like, the market has changed drastically, and if you buy English players 
you are paying a, a massive excess. Like it's just that's just the way it is. And I know I know we're not on Man United, but I'm saying if that's now that's changed the bar. Paying eighty million for Maguire, you're thinking, well, if he's eighty million. And he was, I think he was old. He's a what's he in mid twenties? Is he 25, 26? twenty six? He was, he wasn't uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and you're thinking so like so now that's changing the market. So West Ham are going to say yeah, they've paid that much for him. Imagine, oh, well, oh, we no, no, no. West Ham, West Ham within their rights to demand sixty plus mil. No problem there. I'm saying if my club are paying that sixty mil, I'm pissed. Really? Yeah. yeah. Don't you think that's where you? So you you would think that. You paid seventy-two million for Pepe, right? I'm pissed at that. Was you pissed at the time, though? Was yes. you pissed at the time? Okay, I, I, fair I, I, I was glad. I was glad that I was glad that we got him. Yeah, but seventy-two mil. That for me, uh, it, it was it was laughable. It was laughable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I would have paid half that for Pepe. But the football the time, economy is mad. Bang average players are going for silly money. Like. Yeah. It's, but, it's but, crazy. Look at it won't be. It won't Look how much Everton paid for it won't be. Oh no. yes. But, but, but even price aside, even, even even price aside, I just don't see what other people see. People are talking about um, him like he's the Kante, and I'm like, at that role, you're not Kante of two years ago. So why is the hype following the player? I, do you know what I mean? I, I, I think yeah. he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. A lot of it, I think there's a little bit that comes with age and the fact that he's English. Sure, like sure, English sure, players sure, sure, sure. Yeah, do yeah, get yeah. hyped up a yeah, bit. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. And I guess we'll fully see when he hits that prime age. That's when we're going to see whether he goes like Theo Walcott. Obviously, people were calling Theo Walcott the next Pele. Like, I swear to God, that was what's coming out. Remember that? Yeah, people said, it was their headline, the next Pele. And now, look, so I will tell... If Declan Wright is going to be then like an, a Theo Walcott type where he had all of that hype and then went nowhere, or that hype is going to exist, you know, maintaining that. But yeah, that that was a thing. You go back and look at that World Cup where he played and the British press like, the next Pele. So I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Look, if we can at least keep Declan Rice another season or two and get that big money, then he flops, then I'll be happy. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you guys, you guys are what? You're seventeenth now, bloody hell. Uh, outside yeah. on goal difference, uh, your form uh, just a little bit better than Bournemouth. You got one win in five. They got zero wins in five. Um, but yeah, so <sighs> do you think you can stay up? Really, like realistically, you know your fixtures, you know what's coming up, and I'm going to ask you later on about uh, Gold Sullivan and Miss Brady. Um, but yeah. with your current squad, the f- fixtures coming up, do you think you have just about enough to stay up, or do you think you're in big, big trouble? I think there, there's definitely it's definitely going to be tight. Like Bournemouth, I know Bournemouth and Aston Villa have some really tough fixtures as well. I think theirs are just a, a little bit worse than ours, if if I remember rightly. They've also got some stuff. so it might be a case of having to rely on their, um, other teams to help us out. And I swear, because we've got Villa on the last game of the season, right? Right. And that could be the game, like, the winner stays up. It could come down to that, and I don't want that at all. Neutrals probably want it because it's exciting, but that will kill me. But, yeah, it's hard. Maybe once we get a few players back, and I think there are some winnable games. Like, we've got, I think we've got Norwich. I feel like we've got Norwich. but I know we've got Watford. We've got Villa, like I said, which could be a winnable game, but I want to wrap it up by then. We, we're going to see Tottenham, the Tottenham game tonight. Or this might go out after the Tottenham game, so people that might already be a rap, but like Tottenham and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, but 
Tottenham and Chelsea are two games we usually turn up for, so yeah. that's going to tell up a lot. If we can even get a couple of points out of that, we're going to see. But yeah, I, if I was to really predict, I think we'll just about stay up. I think 17th I, is where we'll probably finish. I think West Ham are going to go. I think it's West Ham or really? Bournemouth. That's I think Villa are going to go. I think it's West Ham or Bournemouth. And I, I, I don't know why. I've just got a gut feeling that Bournemouth might do a ting. Their form is awful right now. Shocking. I mean, it's really, really bad. So the smart money is on Bournemouth to go. I've just got this. I, I don't know why. Just for the week or so, just had this gut feeling that Bournemouth might pull something out their, out their ass. I, I think West Ham are in big trouble. I really do. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. hoping you're wrong because a, a season in the Championship in that stage, or two seasons, or ten seasons, yeah, awful. <laughs> I, I loved it when we was in the Championship when we was at Upton Park. I enjoyed the hell out of that season. We were smacking teams five nil, all that left, right, and centre. It was so, it was so much fun. But in this stadium and like the the level of the Championship now is just so high. It's gonna be what? Yeah, I it's gonna be. Why it's gone so badly? I mean, everything seems to be in West Ham's favour. I mean, you're paying like two million for the stadium. Mm-hmm. That means there's a there's a large surplus to obviously spend on talent. And then you get the talent, and then the managers that that South Slavon Bilic. I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's a world leader, but he looked like a decent manager when you first had him. I mean, why is it that constantly it seems to be going wrong for everybody? Pellegrini as well seems like a decent a Premier League winner. Every yeah, season yeah. Going and, and it's always in the same direction. It's like one season good, and then once that hit that season's gone, it's a no Why? Why does that continue to happen? Yeah, I think Bilic wasn't backed at all. Like he wasn't given the plays he wanted because he weren't their third choice. They didn't feel confident giving him the money that they ended up giving to Pellegrini, which was a big mistake. This guy gives us, you know, one of our best seasons in a like a while. We was like a point or two points of the top four or something. Like we should have realistically, we had bad referees' decisions. We should have finished top four that year. So that's the season where, and then after that first season in the stadium, that's where you go mad. That's where we was trying to get like the Lacazettes and players like that. That's where mm-hmm. you just slap down the money. That's what we should have done, but they didn't. And there were certain players that he wanted. They was undermining him all the time, and and then he lost heart. He lost faith in in it, and that's how that ended up going away. It was in the the Payet situation happened. Pyatt, you know, getting some some woman pregnant that weren't his wife and wanting to leave halfway through the season. You can't account for that. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it is. Because otherwise, think about it, he could have gone anywhere. Pyatt yeah. could have went anywhere. Where did he go? Marseille. He could have been playing for like a cup challenging for the Champions League and he went oh to Marseille. That homesick. Yeah, home, yeah. Homesick. Home. Because his wife gave him an ultimatum, like either we go back to Marseille or I'm leaving you. Well, so, damn. That, that was what it was, yeah, because it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a madness. So that ended up like, if that never happened, if he could have just been a faithful husband, he, he could have stayed in West Ham. He could have been talking about Yeah. yeah no, we no. could have been talking about a different West Ham. We could have been, I could have been sitting there looking down on Jordan and, and you. And being like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it could still happen. It trust me. It, it could still yeah. happen. <laughs> That's the thing. But then, yeah, Pellegrini comes in and you think big name manager, won the, won the Premier League, done, done good stuff in the Liga. But problem is, he was... He went to China to basically effectively retire, have his retirement package, came back, and he didn't have that heart or that passion. Um, mm. They gave him a lot of the money. Again, we still didn't have that infrastructure behind us, so we're buying, again, all of these players 
that, yeah, they sort of like are what Pellegrini wants, but again, they don't really fit a certain system. Let's play, say, look at our stadium, and they'll go, oh my God, Lacazette's going to be like, I'm there. Like, let's let's do this. Like, oh wow, look at the stadium. Like, that's not how it works. You don't just have a big stadium, players want to play. They want to see where are you going, what are you investing, who else are you buying. Part of that was Payet was um, frustrated what we did in that transfer window, that first transfer window as well. Because he came out because we were signing, it was like quant, uh, they thought we was in the Euro Europa League, and it was quantity over quality. We we made like twelve signings, like um, uh, what was his name from the Turkish league, flipping Tor, Gokan Torre and Havanovai, oh, yeah. and all of these players, like, and we didn't go and do what we should have done then. And I think he's thinking like, well, why is it? I don't want to just be the one to be relied on all the time. But so it was, that was a mixture of it. But yeah, and like they just never learn. But I'm ho- like Moyes is saying if he stays up, you know, I can't I can't fully trust Moyes. But if he says what he's gonna do, which is you know what I'm I'm gonna sign some players from the championship. I want to build this core of players that are hungry, that are driven, blah blah blah. Then that could be what we need. But I can't trust the board. I can't trust the manager. Uh, I would I would say from first hand experience, trust me, don't take his words for anything. Um, <laughs> trust me on this one. Um, like before I, before I ask you about going, I've been to the London Stadium twice. I uh, can't lie yeah. to you; the atmosphere is it's not great. But for me, I, I'm, I'm a I will come as a neutral because I also used to go to Upton Park a couple of times, and it, the, the difference for me was you know huge. As a West Ham mm. fan, how does it feel in that stadium, sitting down there? The atmosphere, like how different is it to Upton Park? Oh, yeah, it's massively different. I mean, it's the same as, like, I mean, one of my least favourite away grounds is the Emirates, right? Which is, you know, I'm not going to... You guys feel about it, but it's one of my, it's one of my least... Emirates is one of my least favourite grounds because of the same thing. It's that corporate. Yeah, it's just so corporate, right? When you look at Highbury, which is, like, amazing ground, like, great, you know, historic ground and, and stuff like that. But now they're going towards this corporate vibe, and that's how I feel. It just, everything feels so corporate. You go in the concourse and all of the, the, the crap food stalls, and that's that's what I don't like about it, and, and things like that. And it's not West Ham enough. That's the problem. Like, my section's, my section, everyone stands and sings. So from an atmosphere standpoint, where I am is cool, but the overall, just the feeling and the vibe and the whole going to the stadium is long and... Yeah, it's not it's not ideal. Hopefully, when we get the stadium, I do think we'll own the stadium and we can get new owners, things will change and they can at least make it a little bit more. But it will always be like um, like the Emirates and, and other clubs and other grounds like it where it's that corporate, homogenised vibe and it's not like a proper football ground, you know, sadly. Fair enough. Now, OK. Now, you, um, uh, uh, I think in January, you guys did a video for West Ham Fan TV. Um, I think it was a live Q and A with uh, the owners, pretty much, and Karen Brady. Um, the whole get them out sort of movement that's happening. I know you guys are the West Ham fans in general are very very fierce about it, and they're going they're going pretty hard at it as well. Um, when they first came, did did you think it would be this bad, or because I I know if, I think is it Gold that's a huge West Ham fan, or is it Sullivan? Which what, are they supposed well, to be? Both, both purported to be huge West Ham fans but Gold like grew up opposite he lived opposite the ground he played for the club as a kid right. so he was the one who was like the main one and then Sullivan his claims to like always been a West Ham fan right okay so did you when they got when they took over the club did you see it being this bad and what do you I mean tell us your stance on their ownership right now and what you think mm-hmm. should happen 
I mean, to me, I got I got sucked in the whole thing. We was in a bad way because the Icelandics were bankrupt. We had awful owners before the Icelandics for years. We were just selling our best players like like Rio and Lampard and Joe Cole, all of that. So they came in and it was brought to be West Ham fans. And I, I was like buzzing. I thought, yes, this is what we need. Like I remember I was on Green Street uh, at the council, sorted out rent and all of that. And I came out and I was walking past the ground and the ITV News stopped me and interviewed me about it and it was like how do you feel when I was outside the ground I was like this is what we've been needing like you know it, if, if you got that video up now it'd be embarrassing because I was so buzzing and I was behind them up until the move that's when I started to see everything the way it was it was like you promised this this and this and this is what you delivered you started to see it and I used to give them the benefit of the doubt quite a bit and now you just realise it's like you're not capable. I don't think that they're, they're sitting there and going, I want West Ham to be relegated. I want West Ham to be mid table. They would love West Ham. He was like, Sullivan thought we'd be challenging for the Champions League by now. He's really genuine. I didn't think that. I'm not going to say I thought that, but they thought that. Um, but they're not willing to do what it takes to get us there. And that's the problem. Either they don't know how or they're not willing and they don't listen. So for me, like they're loving this coronavirus. They must have done backflips. When they when this Corona lockdown like that happened because that gold that um, GSB out campaign was really getting momentum like the fans were just on it the songs at the ground like they had to try and get all their little puppet ex uh, players to come out and tell us to, to ease up to the to the relegation to the end of the season and all of this stuff so they when this happened now it's like and now when they're playing behind closed doors that's all done it's all silenced so they're loving it. Um, but they need to go so hopefully next season is their last season because after that season they can sell the club without having to give any of the profit to the LLDC uh, the people who own the stadium so we've got this guy Trip Smith this is all the rumours that this guy this American investor is he's invested like 10% he's bought 10% shares so they're saying that he's bought these little shares so that when the time is right he can go and get this consortium to buy up the club so it needs to happen. We will never go anywhere under these owners, no matter how hard they want it. They can throw 200, 300, 400 million at this club and we won't go anywhere. It'll be the same old story because they don't know how. They're not football people and they're not willing to put a football person in charge. Like, Imagine if they got someone like an Edward Woodward, but good. Like, a good <laughs> Ed Woodward. Like, so, someone so who... Like, yeah, like, like Kojo surely will agree with me on that. Like, he's not good, but someone who he's not the owner, but you just employ him to run the club. He mm. he he is the director of football. He employs that. He employs the manager. You guys are just the finances. You guys are just his boss. Let him run the club. Um, you know they've got that. Uh, who's that? That woman at Chelsea who seems to be doing a really good job at the moment. Bruneskaya. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like all these different, it's, it's putting the right personnel in place to do the thing. Because we had Sullivan as our director of football. How mad is that? This seventy odd year old man <laughs> who worked in the porn industry as our director of football. Like it's so baffling doing all the deals and and things like that. It's and picking the players. And his sons were playing football manager, going, "Dad, we should sign this player. Oh, don't sign Snodgrass. Don't sign Fon. Sign this player. Sign this player." Like, it's, it's mental. And so this is why we're in the situation we're in. So it doesn't matter how much money they want to invest in it. It's not willing to put the infrastructure behind the scenes. And, and, and the thing is, our training ground, it's all porter cabins. It's all porter cabins. So that looks like crap. So you want to bring players in there, go, this is where I was to work. Hang on, they've still got that. Because I went down there to do an interview with, it was Billich then. 
like three years ago. There's still it's still port cabins. Yeah, there's port cabins. It's like wow. fancy port cabins. It's like wow. fancy looking port cabins. Like it's not. There's teams in the championship, but they want with better training facilities than us. It's mm. it's just embarrassing. Like, and that's that's the thing. Like, I, I was I can't remember what player it was like, back in the day. Someone was telling me that they went to. They chose, I don't know if it was Tony Adams or someone like that who was like West Ham fan, but they went to Arsenal because they had better training facilities. So it shows that training facilities do play a, a part in it. Because like I said, course, this is where they are most of the time. They're not. They're at the stadium like once every two weeks, pretty much. Mm. They spend their time at the, at the training ground. They're not willing to invest in that. I.e. after not having to invest in the football ground. So... Yeah, like that's it. They just, they just have to go. So I'm gonna. Hopefully, we can scrape up survival this season and next season, and bite our lips, and and we can get someone decent. Whether I'm not hope, I'm not gonna say that we're gonna get a sheik that's gonna take us to the Champions League or whatever. <laughs> but if we get decent owners that can keep us up there and not piss us off, I'll be happy. I would say from uh, from experience about with American owners. Yep. Yeah, they. Mm, yeah. Trust me, you don't you don't want any of that. Trust me. I was I know FSG. I don't know how to feel about FSG. I don't know how to feel about them. I'm fifty fifty on the fence with FSG. I think I think FSG. I think from uh, some Liverpool fans, I think they were a bit triggered recently with the whole Werner thing because I think obviously Liverpool's funding or spending really has been based on a load of big money sales like obviously Coutinho for example. So yeah, they feel like you know. We, we've won the Champions League we're about to win the Premier League Premier League gives the league a heck load of money where the hell is the money that we have like what's going on because why can't you compete for Timo Werner like what was going on there so I feel like they yeah, may yeah. have that sort of thinking American owners in general yeah. you got the just, Glazers yeah yeah they, they bought us and put yeah. us into debt through their own debt to clear them, yeah. their own debt so that's them and I think Aston Villa had um American owners that they went down with last night. Yeah, yes, did. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I know we think they ain't got a good track record, but yeah. I'm feeling like, you know, it's just that thing like you just want to get get these guys gone yeah. and let's just jump in and just see what happens. Like, if we're in the same situation, then we're in the same situation. But, yeah, yeah. I'm just tired of these guys. But there's if we could get, like, a PSG owners or, or something like that, it'd be good. But, yeah, <laughs> like, it just annoys me. Why don't these sheiks buy West Ham, yeah? Like, we're, we're in London. Like, this sounds very, you know, like, we're, we're in London, like, we think we're the centre of the, the world. Yeah? We, we but, are, we are, but please continue. Yeah, like, so that's what I mean. Like, you've got a London team, you've got everything there set up for you. Why buy Newcastle and not West Ham? That's what upsets me. I've just, all these other clubs just come and leapfrog us, and it's like, it just pisses me off. We end up with the, with the shit all the time, so. so we'll have to see. next After next season, I'm going to be very interested, because if, if their son take over we're done like we are done for um this year it's bleak bleak times so you know like i said i'm glad to have my my arsenal brothers in misery but that's why i don't want that's another reason why i don't want uh, mike ashley to go because at least i can look at newcastle and say oh yeah like they've got crap owners they're the same misery as us it's like if they get you know, these new owners. It's like, imagine going to prison with your friend, yeah, and you're in prison, and it's like, you're both in prison, and but he gets released, and you've still got, like, five years left in prison. You're going to feel like, oh, like, certain type of way. Like, he's going to be out enjoying himself, and you're stuck in prison, and that's how I feel like. They're getting released, we're stuck in prison, and I'm going to be looking at them jealous. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. Bad times. Deep, deep. Yeah. 
In terms of overall, uh, everyone was delighted because he was clearly the difference maker. You could see the the golfing class straight away as soon as he came on. Um, for me personally, I felt vindicated. Um, I hope the other United fans learn a lesson in decorum and class because he came and really showed his quality. We always say you don't sell quality players for absolutely no reason. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, he came onto the pitch changed the game first bit of action he won the ball very far in their own area um with a great challenge and then almost found i think it was marshall in the middle and from there he was just creating chance after chance nicking up with bruno fernandez which is what we wanted so me personally i'm not surprised though i mean i, I always talk positive about pogba i don't i don't feel there's really much negative to say about him because i think the things that people talk about there's a lot that goes into it. Yes, of course, at times he does have awful performances, but footballers do that. So, you know, uh, for me, for him to come into this game and just show his level was just was just exactly what I needed and what I think a lot of United fans needed, especially in that game, because we were we were being outclassed for at least fifty minutes, in my in my opinion. So, yeah. <clears throat> Well, Pogba is a weird one like it's such a strange situation like because he is such a good player and I, I like Pogba but because he can have these moments where there's sort of like inconsistencies and he's in and out of the team and, and there's stuff it's like will, does he need to leave Man United for his career to move on and really kick on and him to actually be the player that we know he is because it seems to me like I, like, does he really want to beat United, or is there just this stuff like all that stuff that started with Mourinho? Like I think, his head's just not there. Or I think, I think so. The first thing that that uh, I always say is that he didn't have to come back to United because Juventus were, or, you know, have been and were in a much better position than us. So he didn't have to make that move. Um, but he wanted to make that move because he's always loved United. That's he's been, he's been very honest about that. He's always loved my United football club. So for him to make the move back to Old Trafford was not a, a really a, a terrible decision for him to make. He just thought, yeah, they want me, they're gonna pay for me. Yeah, let's go. Like let's make this deal done. 
um, in terms of him being in and out of the team, the injuries. I think United fans, we we get a bit. I think a lot of us get a bit frustrated with the whole. Oh, you know. They, they still believe in the whole Ray Keane sort of era of even if you're hurt like this, you're gonna play, you're gonna do this and do that. The guy came back from injury against Watford earlier in the season where he was not fit and re-injured his toe completely to the point where he needs to have surgery for it and you know how ridiculous football fans are today the guy's yeah. broken his toe but because he had a clip of him you know just playing a very simple individual game of basketball not a five on five an individual game by himself of basketball just and sitting dancing. hoops and, and dancing because he went to a wedding apparently he used to sit down at weddings um, <clears throat> you know there was this idea that he just didn't want to play football and that's very very false you don't play football if you're not 100% fit especially me I'm not a fan of someone that of someone that's got an injury coming out to the pitch to play football I understand sometimes in situations if it's a bit of a dire situation for your club you want your players to maybe say you know what I'll risk it all but no I, I, I didn't believe in I don't believe in any of that sometimes you just gotta rest and come back that, that's why it's the double-edged sword paying so much money for a player I've seen that at West Ham is the player where you spend big money on him and the player that fans are going to be the hardest on like if they have a bad performance players are going to like just just go go mad on them like that's what Haller and stuff like that and yeah people just go you know any little thing they'll criticise them because they feel like just because you spent that much money on them they should be this perfect player and, and that's the thing but I, I, do you think like with Pogba Maybe some of it as well with his mind. Like, do you think that because Man United, like when he signed, like he wanted to come back, but Man United, similar to like with Arsenal and being where he expected them to be, and he's thinking like, I should be playing in the Champions League, but we were playing in the Europa League, and maybe he's starting to feel like, do you know what? Like his head maybe is turning a bit because he wants to, he wants that Champions League football, and maybe he's going to see what's going to happen this season if you get in the Champions League. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that's that's ambition, though, isn't it? If you're if you you want to play in the best, uh, so yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so like Bruno Fernandes coming in, I think was a big thing for him because I've said it. Even though McTominay and Fred have done well, uh, considering what we've the form we've been in the last couple of months, obviously before the pandemic and uh, beating City just before we didn't have football for what two or three months. Um, I think. I think fans looked at it and said, well, if these guys are in form, we don't need them. Mate, they, they don't provide the things on the pitch that he does. And you could see that against Tottenham. Tottenham's approach to the game wasn't, for me, pragmatic. It was just very, very calculated. It was like, we're going to attack, but it's going to be very cautious. Ben Davies didn't go forward too hard because they wanted um, to counter any space in behind so that Daniel James doesn't get to run in behind like freely or anything like that they just thought yeah you know uh, block his block his path block the pace going forward and let Aurea be the one to go chase forward because when the front three come you've really got Davison Sanchez and Dyer waiting for them they're not going to let them run in behind you have to come at them so you know when you have players like Fred and Tomine, you want someone in that midfield to have that extra bit of creativity and Bruno Fernandes is one of them but it's always good to have two than one you know, so Arsenal, I mean, with Ozil, for example, when he was in form, maybe you look, maybe say, pfft, I don't know, let's see. Sanchez is a goal scorer, but he could also create as well. That's that's an example, you know. So, pardon? Santi Cazola. Santi Cazola, that's another player. So, 
you know, they, they, it's, we, we, United fans, the funny thing about our club is that we love effort, but we, we forget that the players that had quality also had effort. We can't have one or the other. We need to have both. And that's very important. And Pogba does actually have effort. It's just, there's this era of finding clips where maybe he's jogged back for one or two things and it's like, oh, look at his lack of work ethic or look at this or look at that. Um, and his output is very similar to where it was at Juventus. So I don't know what United fans saw at Juventus that they thought he was going to come and do at United. I think they scored, they saw a couple of long-range bangers on Twitter clips and they thought, yeah, this is exactly how it's going to be at United. That's not how football works, you know? So... Um, even last year, his output was much better than what he's ever had. That's probably his best season he's ever had as a... As a individual player I, last year yeah I think he, he topped everything apart from goal, top goal scorer which is what we were looking for so yeah, he needs better players around him that's for sure I think without oh, a yeah, doubt like, absolutely he needs better players around him absolutely and that's he always, can't carry the team exactly and that's always been my argument we talk about Barcelona in their, uh, when they were the unstoppable Barcelona yes Messi the focal point but then you had Xavi Iniesta Busquets you compare it to the team he has now, Barcelona are struggling to beat teams left, right and centre, despite his brilliance. Um, Ronaldo went to Madrid, had a midfield of uh, Fernando Gago, La Sala Diara, Royston Drenta was still hanging about at the team. And then he went and complained and said, we need better players. They brought in Kroos, Modric and Casemiro and look what happened. You know, so even the top, top players that we think we talk about as the greatest of all time and all that, you they need their quality around them because the quality is what helps you win trophies. So, you know, I think United fans just need to get to the root of the idea that I, I, I called us a very rich Everton at some point um, because we didn't have... I, I didn't see much difference between us and Everton um, apart from the fact that we had money. Uh, now we signed Bruno Fernandes. That's improved our midfield big time. So now we need to improve in other areas. So if we do that, I think we'll see a much better United than uh, a team that challenges more for... Where do you guys... See United, Man United compared to where Arsenal's at because I know like that's a lot of thing. Like you see Arsenal and Man United fans back and forth, and you guys are both competing at European slot. But going forward, where do you guys see Man United in comparison to Arsenal? I oh we we, we are a lot more comfortable than Arsenal because yeah. because at least even though we don't like Woodward, at least he still spends. He might spell stupidly, but he spends. So at least we have some sort of I don't know. <sighs> solution there and to be fair the the windows under Solskjaer haven't been bad in terms of the players that the, the club wanted to get rid of they've done that and even though we didn't bring in Bruno Fernandes straight away now that we've got him we can look at it and say that's a big positive uh, Maguire again I don't I will never ever agree with the fee but he's been alright since he came to United we needed a better defender than Chris Morning and Phil Jones I think we got that so uh, even though the, the Tottenham game is making me doubt certain things now but um, boy, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I'm getting there. Don't worry. Uh, I want you to get there, man. But yeah, I, I, I think we're nowhere near Arsenal right now because we're starting to collect results. I think that we are, we're still kind of one-dimensional in our tactics. I think Solskjaer needs to open his tactical, I don't know, Is set up a bit more. Good? Yeah, you know, if, um, go for more intelligence on the pitch rather than maybe two bits of intelligence and a lot of rest of our hard working and pace go for you know like someone like Mata I prefer Mata on the right compared to Daniel James because Daniel James only needs space in behind he can't do anything else with the ball Mata's intelligent he links up he passes well he can shoot he can take set pieces stuff like that just change it up a little bit so in comparison to Arsenal 
Arsenal are definitely about to lose Aubameyang for very cheap and we are probably going to keep Pogba for another year so we're not the same What about the manager? I don't know if you're getting there, but that's interesting because, like, you've got a manager who you don't even know if he's going to be there. Like, at least Arsenal fans, they know, like, okay, so Arteta might be a project, he might stay there, but, like, some fans, the fans are divided on Oli. You don't know if you're going to get Parchin and he, Oli's there to the end of the season, but Oli sort of picked up a bit. It's this weird situation, manager wise, on the Man United are at the moment. Yeah, it is, it is very weird. Uh,. Do I even think he's going to stay? Uh, to be honest, I do think he's going to stay because I don't think United have the balls to be chesty and just say, yeah, you've done your job here and they're going for Pochettino now. Even if he gets top four. I don't think, that, I don't think they'll do that. I think Pochettino with money is a, is a different beast. Um, yeah, even though he didn't really spend fantastically well at Tottenham overall, but he had some a few gems that he signed that have worked still, like Deli Alli and Odeverald, for example. But... Our, our spending power is different to Spurs. So mm. he won't have to look into the market for a free Llorente. He can go and spend money on an extra striker. So I was like, as, as much as I would like that to happen, because Pochettino is still my, my dream manager for the club right now, I still think they'll stick with Ole, especially if they get Champions League. If they get Champions League, then there's no way he's leaving the club. Hell no. That's interesting, oh. and you've got like Sancho. You're linked with as well, isn't it? Yeah, hundred million apparently. It's probably probably gonna happen. That's probably what we're gonna do, and then he probably will probably just struggle for the first month, and you know the agendas will start happening. So exactly, that's that's gonna be the number. You spend big money on him. It's like if he don't have a ten out of ten, like so he's, he's that's the agenda. Like you said, it's gonna happen. Like. But that's gonna be like your big shirt seller market. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting situation. That's for sure. Well, it, it needs to. Uh, to be fair, it needs to pull off because Maguire has performed like a twenty million defender instead of an eighty million defender. Uh, where do I even start with this guy? Um, <laughs> if at your age, if at the age of twenty six, you don't know how your body functions at this point, I don't know how. I don't know what to do with you. Um, we always talk about players trying to do research. I don't know. We've got data analysts in football now and uh, uh, sports scientists and all this. And they have to analyse clubs before games and analyse players so you know your opposition. So I'm sure they went through that. I'm very, very sure they went through that. And Bergwijn is someone that likes to cut in. We know this. Left or right, he cuts in all the time because he likes to try and go for goal. He likes to try and beat players with pace in the middle. Now, first of all, I want to blame him for this. Luke Shaw heading a ball away under zero pressure whatsoever in an area where he could have genuinely, I know people say this for fun sometimes, but he genuinely could have done kick-ups, a couple of step-overs, a push-up, you know, lose some of the stomach <laughs> lose some of the stomach weight. He could have done a lot, uh, but he said he headed it straight to Aurier and then decided to run at speed at Aurier, leaving his defence, I don't know, open. And then Maguire turns his body to the, completely to the side but like sort of directly at uh, Bergwijn. Anyone that knows defending or football, anyone that knows like how your the body works, if you are in a race and you're you're not facing the area which you should be running towards, it takes the the time it takes for you to twist your body and go back. The person that's running straight, they've already got a head start. They're gone. So the fact that Bergwijn is really quicker than you on top of that, you just killed yourself. You've done yourself there. Yeah. There's no recovery for you. United fans are like, oh, why do you bring him down? Michael Owen compared him to a, compared him to a ferry. 
And usually I rip it to McIlroy because I'm like, his punditry, I'm like, for me, I don't think his punditry is that good. I couldn't disagree. The guy is slow in speed, acceleration, agility. The guy is slow. So he put himself at his own risk there. I would have taken Fred. Fred was behind Bergwijn. I think Fred should have taken the yellow card. But regardless, Maguire did himself dirty, to be honest. And then David De Gea, Jesus Christ. Uh, I've tried my best to defend this guy. Hey, man. Well, That's got to be one of the biggest declines, isn't it? Bro, 100%. You know what? I think most weeks when he's made mistakes, Cahill has asked me, like, what are you saying? Because he knows that I would defend this guy because I still think he's a top keeper. But, yeah. but at, at this point, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Someone said to me yesterday that he maybe he was trying, he, he, he clenched his fit one fist and then opened up the other one because he was trying to, like, maybe parry it wide, which. He's a great, he's a good shot stopper and he's very good at parrying shots wide of goal so you don't, you know, palm it back into an area for a bit of an extra danger. He's quite good at getting it away from goal. But in that situation, as powerful as the shot was, it's coming straight at you. You have to deal with that. You have to deal with that. If you are a top keeper, if you're known as one of the best in the world, top 10, that should be, that should be easy for you, to be honest. Uh, that's got to be as blunt as I can be. And I know he's disappointed. Do you think it's the part of its pressure, though, because it's like if he had a better, maybe if he had a better defense in front of him, he wouldn't be under as much pressure to be just on point at all times like that because he's no, facing more. But I would, I would. I feel like he was. He's always. He's been worse defenses than this one. He's always been great at shot stopping. It's his concentration that's the problem. It's. Mm. It's when he's in when he's in games for longer periods of time. So once it hits the the sixtieth and the. 70th, he's, he's out of it. He's, he's finished. I don't know why. I honestly believe he's lost his love for, for goalkeeping because of the way Manchester United have not treated him because he's done it to himself. He shouldn't have signed those contracts. I don't care how much money they're throwing at you. Have to, you have to back your own ambition. And his ambition was to win leagues and win Champions Leagues. He's won one league title at United. He can't go down as a Premier League legend in my eyes because he's even though he's made... Yeah. Wonderful saves, and he's been Manchester United's player of the season for years and years and years, consecutive, consistently, consecutively. You need to, you need to be in teams that are winning championships. You need to be in teams that are, are at least competing for championships. And he hasn't competed since, since that last, since um, since Sir Alex left that last. One. How many Golden Gloves has he won? Like, I don't think he's won a Golden Glove. Which yeah, is he has, really? Yeah, he has won one. I've, has I was finally now. Gold, I'm. Because obviously, like, that obviously helps if he's got some at least individual um, trophies, like, for himself to say, look, at least I've won the gold gloves this many season. I'm, I was a great Premier League goalkeeper, but if anyone got that... Oh, yeah, so he's, he's won like, he's won it in 17-18 when we finished second. And to be fair to him, he was the key man throughout that whole season. I mean, us finishing second was hugely down to him. Um, but apart from that, he's been here since 2011-2012 season, and that was his first one. Wow. Yeah, so, but this is what I'm saying, like, you know, what Kale said, he's had worse defences and he's been able to perform. But the last two seasons, I, I, I don't, I don't, I... He might I, be a player that needs to move to rejuvenate his career, he might just need that. It could be, know? it could be. I mean, I, the reason why he signed contracts is because he, he's like Pogba, he genuinely actually believes in United. Like, he actually wants to be at United, but when Madrid were calling at the time, that time when he was supposed to go, he wanted to go, but because Madrid 
uh, put their faith in Navas completely. And I think he realised at that moment, they don't want me anymore. It was either Madrid or nowhere else. So he was happy to stay at United after that. And he came back and he recovered his form and he was continuing being the goalkeeper that he was. But maybe there is some truth to it. Me personally, I do think he's a Premier League legend because on top of winning the title, I think he's just had a load of seasons where he's just been phenomenal in general and being called the best goalkeeper in the world at some point, you, you've got to be put up in that kind of sort of like that status, that sort of legacy. But the last two years have been disappointing and where the big issue for him now is, is that Dean Henderson is now creeping up and saying, well, match Sheffield United, they, they were, were literally toe-to-toe with you and I'm performing at a very good level. So, are you are you going to step up your level or am I going to come and take your, your crown? Because this is the first time the hair's in serious jeopardy of losing his role at the club. And I think that's important because a lot of footballers now, for me, when they are the, the key man or maybe an important player, they don't have motivation. Maybe because they feel like they know if they if they have a stinker, they're not going to drop him. Like, Romero's been good for United every time he's played, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's not going to drop him for Romero. I don't think he's ever going to do that. But you need serious competition. So I feel like now, if Henderson does stay at the club, because there is a big chance about him either going back to Sheffield United for another loan, or apparently Chelsea are looking at him. And I think United are weaker now in the transfer window. I think if Chelsea came, they wouldn't be like, oh, you're a league rival. So no, I think they'll say, well, I got give us 50 million probably and they'll say take him so <sighs> look he's got well how many games we've got left of the season eight he's got eight games find some form quickly because if you don't you're in big trouble me personally I'm running out of patience despite everything he's done I can't I can't are you guys still in the FA Cup though yeah we're, still in, still... yeah we're still in the FA Cup still in the Europa League still in the Premier League uh, race for the top four yeah, so he can still, you guys, because he could still win a trophy and have someone like Man United wins a trophy, then you're looking at the season completely different and you can look at the players. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see if you can win any of those trophies. Yeah, to be fair to him, he's pretty much won everything in United apart from the Champions League. Mm. So he, he hasn't had a bad career. It's just when you were so used to a level, it can't dip. He hasn't had the career that he, his talent deserves, I, I think. I guess, yeah, I guess yeah, if you're talking about if you're talking about some of the best keepers in the world, you're talking about multiple Champions Leagues, more, or at least more league titles. Champions League's hard to come by, but... Titles, yeah, more titles, yeah. But maybe he just came at the wrong time because Satisfaction only had two years with him. Maybe yeah. maybe if he was um, 18 in 2008, Thomas Kushak would have been sold earlier. He would have been the guy instead. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, regardless... I'm I'm satisfied with what he's done. More than satisfied, I'm delighted. I love the guy. For me, he's he's gonna go down as a United legend. But he needs to find some form and find it quickly because if we're trying to push levels, we can't have him being a liability at the back, especially goalkeeper. You're in front of the goal. We can't be conceding goals recklessly. So yeah, and Tottenham was a big example of that. Huge example of that. Yeah. That was a good point for both sides, though. Like mm. both teams can look at that and say, do you know what, that's a good point in, in, in oh, yeah. the scrap I, game of things. I'm not mad. I think Tottenham fans, they're starting to get a bit frustrated with Mourinho because of his approach, but I don't think his approach was actually that bad. I think it made sense. Uh, he stifled... You guys did never have backed him, really, because like you've just declined since you sacked him. Like, really? Like, he, he was getting you up there. 
They were declining with him, so yeah. I, I think. Know, I think when he finished second, because he, he he's made he's made it painfully clear to everyone now at this point. When he finished second, he told the club that yes, we finished second, but I need better defenders because it was David De Gea that was saving us, not Smalling and um, yeah. uh, who was next to Smalling that season? Uh, was it Bailly? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it, yeah. yeah, I think it was by year because Lindelof was still kind of settling. He was having off off games quite a lot, so it was Smalling and Bailly. But at the end of the day, it definitely was uh, David De Gea saving us, and he made it painfully clear. He wants the Dongan, and Edward Wood said no. He went. Like, we're not gonna. Yeah, we've he got Phil Jones. He went. Oh, the he went. Oh, someone else. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, and he said they said oh, that okay. we we have uh, Chris Smalling and uh, and uh, that's to this, to this day I still find that laughable. I, I can't believe that. they said that. Because that I feel like, yeah, I feel like um, Alderweireld has lost motivation at Tottenham rather than well, he's declined, but I feel like he also lost motivation as well because I think he looked at that and just thought they can't win titles again, or not even again, they can't win titles. They haven't won a title. I don't think he's, he does that. He does that club and say I don't think he's going to go any further than this. I think people like him and Pochettino saw the decline at Tottenham. Pochettino told them that the the rebuild will be painful. And they didn't really heed that warning. So, I think he needed a move just to give him that extra motivation because when he's at a club where he feels like he can genuinely challenge for a title, then he's like, okay, cool. Because they came, four, I think they were four points behind Chelsea the year they came second, Tottenham. And then they didn't spend in the summer. So, they're like, what the hell is going on here? You know, so, I, I can't, ble- I can understand why he would be a bit frustrated with that. But, um, yeah, we we should have back. That was the key moment to back him, and we didn't do that. We did not do that at all. Story completely. I think if you would have backed him and got the players that he wanted, they would have been. You'd have been talking about a different situation, like exactly in the Champions League. But exactly. Not bad. But on Mourinho, I, I'm, I'm, I was going to bring this up at the end of the sh- uh, after the show. But one day, I'm going to just drop a message and say, "Yo, I need to do a podcast on Mourinho because I've got some things to say about this guy," and. I don't care. I don't care how people feel about it, but I have. To, I feel like I have to defend this guy a little bit. Then. Yeah, yeah. I agree. He, I mean, his recent form as a manager shouldn't uh, shouldn't be the defining factor of of his career overall. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. Um. I would say let's go to let's go to Liverpool. Okay. Now for our final for our final team. Um. Obviously, they're was it, like 22 points clear or something like that. So, but recent form suggests that they it's not exactly they're not going to be uh, rolling to it anytime soon. The city, obviously, yesterday they, they beat Burnley five nil. Um, it, it seems like it's inevitable, but the recent form is keeping them from just clinching that title. I mean, a lot of Liverpool fans seem to be worried about this. I don't understand why because it's so clear, but. <laughs> Can you, could you imagine City reaching them? No, no, because City. I think they'll cover a lot of ground. I think they'll make up a lot of ground, but like it won't be twenty-two. Liverpool will not win the title like twenty odd points clear or something. Like, I mean, it, it's not. I, I, me personally, I don't, I don't know why they worry because the most City can get now is eighty-seven points. You're on eighty-three points with eight games to go. It's done. <laughs> It's done by now. If if this whole pandemic wasn't happening, I would have booked my holiday a long time ago. If I was a Liverpool fan, I would have been gone. You know, <laughs> when they when they lift the title, I'm on a beach in I don't know Barbados, chilling. Like, come on, man, like, I'm I'm done. It's, but I think it's maybe because 
even though in the past they haven't been this clear, but they've been top and they've bottled it, they've they've never won a league title before, so they, they don't know how to deal with it. I think that's what it is. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, Premier League title. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, this generation has been 30 years. So 30 years of people growing up supporting Liverpool and not seeing a Premier League title for them, yeah. they're, they're rattled yeah. by it. So by them, they're not sure. That, well, I'm sure when it happens, they won't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's one of the ones where they'll probably sit down, cry for a bit, then they'll go for a drink of water and suddenly just open like a, like a can of Coke and then decide which two they're going to drink because they don't know which one they're going to drink. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> they need to go for a walk because they, they can't decide if they're traumatised or, like, they can't believe what's going on. They go to church and ask God if it's really real. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is the time they should be playing football like this. They seem to be, like, a little bit, like you said, a little bit of that sphere when they should be playing, like, you know, the pressure's off at this point. Let's just go out there, like, let's just attack, attack. And, like, to go and have, like, a game like that against Everton, it's just it's just bizarre. It was like, a terrible game. Terrible was, game. Was, uh, it seems to be that whenever one of them, one, one of the two, either Salah or um, Mane, are missing from the team, they, they seem to dip, which is expected. But, but why do you think that, they, I don't know. They, they can't. They can't seem to play without both of them, or play well without both. Of them. Mm. Um, I guess that system must be so drilled in, isn't it? With those two, they must be so drilled in. Obviously, they got it's Min- Minamino, is it? Yeah, yeah. They, they get these 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 some of these players. I think who just sound like the most Liverpool sounding players. Isn't it? it sounds like you can even say Minamino, like. Yeah. That sounds like I can imagine the scouts are saying his name, and they signed him, and it's like he wanted to slot him in there for the game and test out his new toy, I guess. And but I guess the system is so, you know, like I said, drilled in with those players. Maybe that's why it is. He changed up, and it, it just didn't have the same effect. Yeah, maybe. I mean, um, I don't know if we saw on Twitter yesterday. There wasn't a, a discussion about whether um, if Liverpool had Mares, which of the front three would he bench? And obviously there was an argument because wow, why would you move Salah here? But blah, blah, blah. man, I'm thinking, alright, cool. You've, to be fair, you win the title this season, so no one can really argue against anything you're saying right now. But we look at City and other teams that have won the league in the past, and you're talking about the quality and depth. So our, my argument was, forget about now. That time when he was available at Leicester, you're telling me you wouldn't have taken Salah, Mane, and Mares in your team where you could rotate beautifully and do what the hell you want with that team. That, that's incredible. That's an incredible yeah. bit of depth that you had. I mean, they've been talking for years about, oh, Firmino's untouchable because he links up, blah, blah, blah. Your manager wanted Tim Averna. He wanted something different. Yeah. Your your most important game last season, which changed the tie for you, in the Champions League against Barcelona, it wasn't Firmino that made a difference. It was Origi. He was the man that came and scored the winning goal. In the Champions League, he scored the goal as well that effectively killed off the game completely. So you can always have different options there. There's nothing wrong with that. But I guess because they're so in love with that front three, and rightly so, I mean, they've been phenomenal since, ever, ever since they were they were put together. Um, so I understand completely why they, they would not think of anyone else coming to disrupt it. But just that extra quality in depth so that if you lose a player, it's like, oh, damn, we lost Salah. What a player. Oh, but we've got Mahrez, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we, when we had Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez, when I was, when I was younger... Because I was in what year? I think I was in year ten that time. When we signed Berbatov, I was like, 
what the hell do you want Dimitar Bogatov for? And then I realized, wait, hold on. Now we have four top players. All right, then do your thing. You know, it, it, you just you add quality on top of quality, just so that you just keep raising the bar year in and year out, so that the teams that are trying to catch up to you also realize you're making sure you improve, so they got a harder job of getting near you. So yeah, they they could have done with signing maybe Morris instead of signing Shakiri. Exactly. Really? Exactly. Because where is Shakiri now? Exactly. You know, so. But you know, regardless, they, they they are gonna argue different because they are winning the league, and it's it's fine because they deserve to win the league. They they're clear. It, it sounds like they're not gonna be spending though going forward. They ain't trying to like they ain't gonna be spending too much, which is odd. I don't think they can. I don't think they can because uh, I mean, for if Martinez won the, the Champions League, gets Premier League money, is about to win the Premier League. On top of that, fifty two million shouldn't be too much for you to go and buy a player. Considering you've spent thirty or thirty or nearly forty million on Oxford Chamberlain in the past, so and the new night deal as well. I, exactly, and a new night deal. How much was Naby Keita? Almost fifty million as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you. you He's a whole mess. That's a whole other mess of a topic. Ah, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that 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 that's a crazy one right now. I don't know. Speak on it right now because I I don't know. The yeah, thing, it's yeah. all alleged allegations and that. Yeah, that that I'll just say this: that could have a a mad impact on Liverpool, depending on what happens with it. It could, but to be honest, even if with even without the allegation, I, I just he hasn't he hasn't done much at the club. I thought he, was he gonna, lived up to the to the hype, has he? Yeah, and I I honestly thought he was going to get sold this summer anyway, just because he hasn't fit. He's not a bad player, just hasn't worked out for him. So. But that's, yeah, that's another thing. But yeah, regardless, that's why you add quality. You know, their midfield was good, and they added Naby Keita because he wanted more of a creative presence in the midfield as well as a box to box. And um, yeah, but the champions anyway now. Is the champions in, in waiting? So they're gonna tell us all of this is BS anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's all about next season, really, to see that can they can they maintain it? Can they stay up there? Can they can they defend it? But can they at least challenge again? Or are they going to have a, a dip? Like, how are they going to push on next season? It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because Chelsea could be back up there. They could. And the way they're spending right now, it's, uh, it's special, to be honest. Mm. It's special. <laughs> they're saying Abramovich is back. He's back in the game. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's next season is going to be a very. I, I think it's going to be a lot more exciting. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive next season. Yeah, I hope so because I, I can't be watching another league. Last year, the gap between second and third was a disgrace, and now it's first and second. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Absolutely embarrassing this Premier League. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, we've mocked Arsenal. Arsenal are six points behind my team. What the hell's going on? <laughs> TV mainly for YouTube, all the social medias. If you want to follow me at the Lawless, um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. We'll be covering all the all the West Ham games while live watch alongs, so you can watch the game with us, fan reactions, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, pretty much that. Excellent. Coach, where can they find us? Uh, they can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and uh, Spotify free in the field. And uh, Jordan, obviously, for the first podcast, and Jordan Jarapari on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, so, I think uh, that's it. So, good night.